Hello everybody and welcome to What The Film. Uh, Jamie here with another little pre-show thing um, because in this episode we talk about a marvellous actor um, who appears in Doctor Strange who goes by the name of Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, now the reason I'm doing this is because I mispronounce his name slightly and I call him Chitiwell and not Chiwetel which is his actual name. So, Mr. Ejiofor, if you are listening, I humbly apologise, and I hope you will listen to the rest of the episode, um, but you will just have to forgive the fact that I call you Chittywell. So, with that out of the way, please enjoy episode 8! Hello and welcome back to What The Film, your weekly film and movie podcast with me, Jamie Bendy. And as always, I am joined by my uh, wonderful co-host, Mr. Sam Hugh. Hello, Sam. Esteemed co-host. Esteemed co-host, yes. Are you all right? Are you good? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good. You had a busy week. Now you're back at work. Yeah, busy back at work. Enjoying, but um, just getting used to it again, really, I guess. Just feeling a little bit tired, but uh, just because my body's yeah. got used to it eating food and watching netflix for eight weeks so yeah well or or uh, marvel movies yeah exactly absolutely cool so um episode eight today we are going to be talking about captain america civil war and the first doctor strange film and uh, i believe this is the we've we've kicked off phase three now haven't we we have indeed uh yes so um have you well so before we get into it as always uh i ask have you watched anything good this week or have you been too busy working i have been terribly busy catching i think i mentioned it last week uh so the new series and final season of uh agents of shield marvel's agents of shield came Mm -hmm. out yesterday oh Uh, cool it doesn't come out in the uk yet but i'm going to find a sneaky way to watch it Uh, um so i which we don't condone by the way no absolutely not we don't um i am going to uh, at the minute i'm just about to finish uh my recap of season six ready to watch season seven so i've been doing that sounds pretty exciting what about yourself yeah, I, so I've I've watched um, a couple of foreign films actually because uh, I I quite like to watch. I don't, you know I'm I, I we said before when uh, I think it was the first episode with um, we talked about Parasite didn't we and subtitle yeah, we films I, I quite like a good subtitle film so um, I watched a film by an Iranian filmmaker called Ashgar Farhadi and it's called A Separation and uh, right. it's very good so if uh, yes yeah, so I if if um, if any of our listeners like subtitle films, and yeah, I recommend a separation. And is that a Netflix gig? Uh, no, it's not actually. I had to um, uh, similar to um, to how you're going to watch Agents of Shield, ah, um, right. a, paid, a way in which none of us it, condone. Lovely. Yeah, we we don't condone it, but um, but that's how I watched it. Um, Fabulous. But uh, yeah, so moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Captain America: Civil War, or as I think would be a more appropriate title, just Avengers: Civil War, because I didn't really feel like it was a Captain America movie. It felt more like an Avengers movie. It very much does feel like yeah. an Avengers movie, doesn't it? Because it's very ensemble based. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, um, after the events of Age of Ultron, the necessity of the adventure of of the Avengers rather is kind of called into question. 
so with everything that happened uh, and kind of the the collateral damage from what happened um it, it's it suggested that maybe the avengers initiative should stop being a private organization and instead become a public one so that they can only go on missions when they're called upon rather than taking it upon themselves to go and um and uh, you know save the day Tony Stark and Steve Rogers very much disagree on the, on where the future of the Avengers should go, whether or not they should be made a public entity instead. Um, and so, uh, civil war ensues. Yes, civil war ensues. Um, apt to the title. Um, there there is kind of a secondary story in which um the person whose name escapes me right now. Uh, 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 Zemo, who we've not seen yet, he uh, he knows that there are people like the Winter Soldier who are super powerful and and um, yeah, enhanced, uh, uh, yeah. yeah enhanced in in the same way that the Winter Soldier is. So he kind of wants to get to them and then use them for his own purposes. Uh, but really, that kind of takes a backseat that story. Whereas before, that would be the main story. I very much felt like that took you know was kind of secondary to the actual real main focus of the plot which was this rift that has been made in kind of right down the middle of the avengers of the group and um and and they're fighting each other now yeah which is definitely the main storyline yeah. yeah and i thought that was really great because it's it's something new and it was something exciting because i feel like so so far and this doesn't just apply to Marvel movies. This this applies to many, many, many other movies. It's a, it's a very basic um, um, structure when, with these kinds of films where where you have the, the person who's the good guy and then the person who's the bad guy. And the person who's the good guy in the, at the end of the first act, beginning of the second act, um, has some sort of confrontation where he gets or she gets beaten. Uh, or you know it doesn't come out of it great so then they have to spend the rest of the film up until the climax in the third act training or preparing to then fight against um the main baddie and, and defeat um, them yeah yes and more often than not successfully um which you know it's, like i said it's very common um structure and it's yeah, very successful and, and yeah you can't fine. yeah and it's yeah it, absolutely yeah. so i just i thought it was a real breath of fresh air to not have that structure anymore because it's not i don't really i didn't really feel like it was that kind of story this time um whereas basically everything up until now has been um so i i thought it was i just thought that was really nice to have a different feel to the story and a different kind of story um i genuinely felt the threat to the avengers this time like like i think this is the one of the first times where i've kind of really genuinely thought i cannot see how they're going to get out of this yeah well the colonel you talk about helmet zemo was um he sums it up really well in the film at one point quite close to the end um it's like because it's crumbling from within like you've said you can't see a finish line it's so much harder to fix when friends fight and fall out than just a random superhero falling out with a baddie yeah um so that's a, that's another reason why that is so cool because you just you you right you don't see it very often it's a really mm. interesting point of view to come across especially in a superhero movie because they are especially known for that one two three act structure that you mentioned so 
Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it was. I I really did think it was, a, a, you know, a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, finally, we're, we're, we've got a different type of story. Uh, you know, different different challenges for them all. And you know, it's not like they're teaming up and facing it together. They're kind of teaming up and facing against each other, really. Yeah. And I felt, you know, so uh, along with it, along with genuinely feeling the threat, I, I felt like the stakes were different this time. So it's not just the world that's at stake, the city that's at stake, or the universe, or whatever it happens to be, it's it's the Avengers of themselves, and that's yeah, it's their personal you know, relationships as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, and and that affects every single one of them, and that is a really compelling story to me. I, I so I really enjoyed it. Um, we were of course introduced as well to Black Panther in this yeah. one, were we? Yeah, we were introduced to him in this one. And also, um, it's the first appearance of everyone's favourite Spider-Man. So, so that was pretty cool. I, I wasn't expecting Tom, um, Mr. Tom Holland. Yeah, Mr. Tom Holland. Yes, yeah. they 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 turn up, and that's pretty cool. So, um, I'm kind of excited to see what what those guys bring to the table. And that they and we Ant Man was back as well. Um, he got recruited. Um, it's always good to integrate characters and release yeah. new characters into them because it's again, it's the same as the change in story. It's a uh, a change from the norm which is just always refreshing yeah no exactly i yeah i, I really enjoyed civil war i thought i thought it was a, a pretty good film and and that showed i mean spoiler alert um but the showdown between captain america and iron man was awesome yeah it's like, emotional isn't it at the end yeah and you know when it when it comes so soon after you think that they're making a truce you know they're they're kind of shaking hands and yeah, and then another making us get along, and then yes, yeah, and then that the the devastating twist for Tony, you know, that just sends him off the rails. And yeah, for those who maybe haven't seen it, the they whilst they've been disagreeing the whole film, um, Tony Stark and uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, uh, sort of get back on the same track because Tony realizes that basically that Steve is is has been right the whole movie Um, but then there is light shed that steve also may have known who killed tony's parents spoiler alert um Mm. and obviously tony stark does not take well to that so hence the uh the second coming of the civil war almost yeah yeah and it's and it's really the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back that was pretty broken anyway yeah absolutely (laughs) i think so yeah and i i I was completely sucked into that whole scene. I, that I that was one of the those moments where you, where you watch a film and you almost forget that time is passing by because you're so engrossed in what's happening. So I that, feel like that's got some really. I know it sounds uh, very Jamie Bendy to say, but I feel like that's got some really good editing in that scene as well. Like the oh, most yeah. epic moment in that, I think, is where Tony Stark and Captain America, well, Tony Stark as Iron Man. Um, sort of clash their signature moves so tony's got his repulsor beams going at cap's shield and yeah. it slow-mos and it hits and then there's an explosion and it's just i just think visually as well that looks fantastic yes yeah, there's a lot of it? really fantastic visual stuff in this film because it's the first time for example we see um paul rudder's ant-man go huge yeah um, and i think it's a really cool i can't say scientific way of <laughs> portraying it because i don't know but what i love about it is he gets huge and he becomes really slow it, it's yeah. like it feels to me really true to life it, it feels really mm. good rather than he's suddenly massive and he's just superhuman he's gonna step on everyone he's not quite as versatile but i think that's a really well edited piece of film as well like i just love the scene where he's 
uh, a 66 foot Ant-Man or how <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's brilliant yeah it's cool it's cool and he's you know and he's funny as well and actually going going back to well speaking of funny characters I, I didn't think I would like Spider-Man as, a, as much as I did because I thought that him being kind of silly and all you know making comments every five minutes would kind of grate on me a bit but it, it didn't actually i thought it was really endearing so oh that's yeah that's good well, they so didn't that, they didn't overdo cool. it yeah no yeah they didn't overdo it at all i thought and and i think and i thought tom holland that kind of really lent lent itself to his talents as well and so i, I thought i just thought he did a really yeah. good job and it was it's really great cool. for for me this one because uh although i've enjoyed some of the other spider-man movies and uh, there's been several there was the sam raimi ones and then there was the andrew garfield new versions mm-hmm. they were they always felt and i think the crux of the issue for those with me is that they always felt too old because okay. peter parker is supposed to be what tom holland is in that film like 15 years old right and and andrew garfield and um I've just lost his name, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. They, they yeah. look like mid twenties adults playing a teenage Spider Man, and it just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, which is very Hollywood, isn't yeah. it? Tom Holland has this, and it comes with the character obviously as well. But he has this childish naivety, this always asking mm. questions, this having a laugh, which is just for me what Spider Man as a character is supposed to be. So, in this film, getting to see Spider Man as I truly believe he should be is is really cool. Not yeah. to mention Tom Holland's brilliant. He's a young british lad breaking onto the scene and he's speaking yeah. in a, not only an american accent but he is like nailed a queen's dialect american accent it's, yes it's, I, I think it's absolutely insane uh, i think yeah. his performance is amazing and it shows because he got his own solo movies and he's doing insanely well for himself yeah he is really cool and one and another thing that i liked about his introduction was that the the film kind of assumes that you know the story of spider-man which yeah. we all do so there's no like there's no kind oh of God, messing around with his origins spider and... yeah and yeah. and and his uncle died and you know like we all know that story everyone knows that story and th- this series and that film knows that and they don't try and pretend otherwise so i thought that was a really good thing about his introduction as well so yeah that's so really for cool. i thought so i'm really glad you enjoyed it because i thought that having spoken having spoken on the last podcast you hmm. you were quite up in the air and about films being all over the place and i thought that although i don't agree i thought that you might worry that this one was a bit all over the place because there are so many characters in it again and there is two different stories going on that you're trying to pay attention to which obviously interlink so i'm really glad hmm. you enjoyed it because i think they did it yeah. really well but they did run the risk of possibly overpopulating it like they have done in the past yeah well i, th- I think the whole uh, overpopulating it was it worked because they're all there for the same purpose they're not doing their own thing that that you know they're all there are a lot of big characters in a lot of a lot of principal characters in the movie but but they're all part of the same story so i think that's why it works here yeah there's not too much branching off i suppose into delving into their different personal lives and no exactly in, in this one yeah yeah, and then you've got the the secondary story, which does, as you say, in, in kind of in, intertwine and interlink with with the main crux of it. And you know, and I think it's always good to have some sort of backstory somewhere because it yeah, just well, gives that, the film that, that extra story, bit of depth. That second story provides all the all the twists, really, doesn't it? But they yeah. sort of just serve to 
to help the main narrative and, and give you more information rather than take you off to a different story that you have to then switch between, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I did think it worked really well this time. So that's Good, pretty I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Me too. It's, um, one of, it's another one. I say this about every, each of the ones I like a lot, but this one is, a, is another favourite of mine. I think it was because uh, the same reason you said the main reason you enjoyed it it's because it's different it's uh yeah that, that breath of fresh air of uh friends fighting friends and it can be worse than actually having to fight someone who might kill you it's it's a difficult time but it's again it's that human element it's this this would this that really can happen like you aren't going to agree with with your friends every time mm-hmm. uh, obviously it's a bit of an extreme that they have to end up yeah. superhero costumes and hitting and killing and shooting and fighting and stuff but yeah it, it, it's a, it's another it's not really a word i don't think but i'm going to call it humanifying trait <laughs> yes i know it's yeah. not a word i'm 100 percent sure it's not but i like it yeah, i'm but... going to use it oh yeah well we know what you mean yeah uh so before we move on to doctor strange of course we have the stan lee um cameo which is which is another great one actually i enjoyed this he um he kind of turns up as a FedEx guy and mispronounces Tony Tony's name. He calls him Tony Stank. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I did want to say as soon as you said that that this is the best one of all of them by far. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before, didn't you? Yeah, it's the yeah. best cameo. It, it, the, some of the ones in the films to come, you're going to enjoy as well. But just for yeah. pure comedy value and like <laughs> influence, this is just by far the best one. He calls him Tony Stank. <laughs> just yeah, for anyone was out good. there who's not sure, he's uh, it's just it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a good one. So then we also have um, two two end credits. So we've got um, Buddy gets frozen again. Sorry, not Buddy. Bucky gets frozen again. <laughs> yeah, I just I wrote it quickly. So when I read my own handwriting, it <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I just thought could, Buddy Holly was making an could, appearance in the Avengers films. Of a, of a do you know what? Era. I I could get behind that. I think he would be a better cameo than Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah, I possibly agree with you actually there, but um, mm. a slightly impossible cameo, unfortunately. Well, yeah. But anyway, so he gets frozen again uh, because I think uh, um, he's kind of realising his own danger, isn't he? So he wants to get himself out of the way. He doesn't. Yeah. He, well, he's obviously being controlled the majority of his existence, bless him. Um, yeah. And he just doesn't want to be that that guy. He, he's, yeah, yeah. He still deep down knows he's he's Bucky Barnes and he he's just struggling to come to terms with the fact that when he comes out of his sort of trance-like controlled state it's it comes up in this film a couple of times he doesn't really remember hmm. what he does yeah but that almost eat, yeah that almost eats him up more because he knows he's hurt people because that's what they've trained him to do but he doesn't know why or really yeah. what he's done which I guess, yeah I he wasn't in control struggle, of it so, so yeah. yeah he just wants to sort of have a break from being that winter soldier i guess yeah yeah Obviously. and then we have um well of course yeah and then we have a black panther teaser which is quite exciting we do have a teaser uh, yeah I thought that was pretty cool um and then we have an extra one where um spider-man is well um peter parker's at home and he kind of discovers this new um symbol kind of projection thing that, that tony's put in for him yeah, just a little, uh, that's, again, another tidbit one. It's not desperately important. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, on to Doctor Strange. So, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Stephen Strange, 
who's a very gifted neurosurgeon um he loses the use of his hands in a pretty horrific car accident because he's driving like an absolute lunatic um and obviously as a surgeon that's not a good thing to lose use of your hands and he is it, well it's quite clear that he is the best at, at what he does oh yeah it's all sorts of keyhole surgery that you just can't do with no hands really yeah exactly yeah so he um hears about a patient who he deemed was completely uncurable and had absolutely no chance because of he had too much nerve damage in, in his particular case so he actually refused to um operate on him because he didn't think it was worth the risk so uh he turns up again completely brand new can move perfectly as if nothing ever happened so yeah it was his um, spine and he couldn't walk yes. and he now suddenly can yeah yeah so so um dr strange tracks him down and asks him where he um how he got better uh, and that leads him to uh nepal where he goes to to kind of inquire about this alternative medicine to, so he can get his use of his hands back so he can get back to his life and what he does and also learn a, a bit about this new miracle cure that seems to have come out of nowhere hmm. um and that turns out to be uh, it's kind of a a superpower that you learn isn't it it's it's a uh, yeah, it's the, well it's yes it's, it's the mystic kind of, arts it's effectively they don't like to call it magic but it's effectively magic um, yeah yeah because they say a like thing about a super, yeah it almost seems like it's a superpower that almost anyone with the right training can pick up so dr strange sort of could have he's not he's not not particularly spe i mean it turns out that they say he is born for the mystic arts and gifted in it but it's a power that anyone really could have if they yeah. put their mind to it so yeah and Which he does have a, that's a cool he, thing yeah yeah and he just seemed to be quite um he has an aptitude for it as well. Yeah, not particularly at the start, but with a lot of hard well, work. Well, yeah, but, but he he's, he's he, yeah. he picks it up fairly quickly. Uh, so I, I guess the crux of it is that there are several realms with different physics, um, and what the mystic art is is channeling the energy from those different realms and kind of doing different things with it. So, yeah. so for example, he spells. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he he picks up this power this kind of ability to to manipulate time from a from a realm where that can happen um and so so that kind of becomes one of his superpowers and in inverted yes. commas if you like another so one of the infinity stones yes it does turn out to be another one of the infinity stones which i was a bit annoyed at myself for not guessing before it came up in the thing i was like ah oh, damn i should have seen that coming <laughs> I, should have known this, I yeah. feel stupid for not having yeah. guessed that but but that was cool so uh um, but so the first thing to say about this is VFX. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Well, I really wanted to interrupt you when you were explaining the story, um, specifically for that reason because you yeah. mentioned the atrocious car crash. Um, yeah. And that is beyond good. I know that's not necessarily F VFX like the magic, which is I think what you mean. Yeah, but it is. Editing wise. And filmmaking wise, I, it's another one. It's similar just to that fight with with Tony and Steve. It's just a really mm. visually pleasing. Not that I want to see him crash and die. No, but it's it's, it's jarring, isn't it? To watch it's it, it makes you really into it, and you actually sort of feel that pain. It's that strong a scene. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is very well done. And to be honest, the VFX is just. I I I think I think it's probably the best special effects I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It is that um, level of 
fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome. And I actually did. I actually looked up after it finished if it had won any awards, and and it as it happened, it was nominated for best special effects at the Academy at the Academy Awards. But it it was beaten out by Jungle Book, the the which Disney makes you really Jungle mad, Book. probably as mad yeah. As and like, me. I think that's the that's you know. I think it's probably the, actually the first time that I've genuinely felt quite outraged that a Marvel movie got snubbed it for an Oscar because, you know, there, there's all that big debate, isn't there, that, you know, as, as to why Marvel doesn't get more recognition from the Academy. But but that's kind of, you know, irrelevant for now. But, uh, yeah, I... It's I've, a different point, that one. That it on, is a different that, point. They're sort of talking about... They've all the most of the Marvel good Marvel movies, the more recent ones, have been nominated for things like uh, visual effects and yeah, stuff like tends that. Tends to be but where what, they go. What, yeah. what the academy, what people fuss about is that they haven't been uh, nominated for things like best movie or yeah for the top supporting ones, yeah. actor, best actor. But it's it's because the Marvel films aren't really about that. They are not about the individual and the actor and stuff. They are about a fan base of nerds who love superheroes watching <laughs> yeah. them in a film. Yeah, for sure. So we do kind of go back to that basic formula as I discussed with um, Civil War. We do kind of go back to that, but that, you know, that that's fine. And the visual aspect of the film act is so good and so... I was so engrossed in it that I didn't really care that it was a pretty basic plot structure again. Yeah. I just, so I was just be... fascinated by it. Yeah, it's okay to have that basic plot structure as long as the movie works. It's only pulled up if the movie's terrible, really. Yeah. Um, I thought the ancient one was cool, and I love Tilda Swinton anyway. I think she's oh, yeah. an absolute legend. Actually, yeah. there's a, a really great cast in this. So I there's some fantastic actors in this. You know, I love Tilda Swinton. Mads Mikkelsen is awesome as well as Caecilius. He's wicked. Chitwell yeah. uh, for I hope I said that right. <laughs> but I'm him, he's amazing. Time. Yeah, obviously Benedict Cumberbatch is awesome, even if he's talking with a slightly jarring American accent because he's Benedict Cumberbatch and it's just kind of wrong to. Yeah, it's his. His isn't the best. Uh, it, it, we're going back here to the days of the first Thor film, aren't we? Where it's a little bit, the accent's a little bit of a problem. But again, he's such mm. a good actor that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it was a bad accent or just the fact that I know him so well as a British actor that hearing anything other than his natural speaking voice is just completely jarring, yeah. I don't, you know, so... No, I and, kind of agree, but I compare it to something like the Tom Holland and I, I genuinely think that if you met Tom Holland in the street and he spoke like that, you'd think he was from Queens, New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas I yeah, think true. I could probably tell Benedict Cumberbatch was from England. I yeah, just, true. In, I just feel it somehow. It's not quite right. Yeah, and I, f I felt that as well with uh, Martin Freeman, who turned up in um, Civil War. Yeah, Martin, because he's... Not, I love Martin Freeman, I'm, and if yeah. he ever hears this, I'm so sorry, his, but his accent's not just a little bit off, it's terrible. Oh, okay, all right. No, I just, I wasn't sure if it was that, or just the fact that I, we know them so well as British no, actors. No, so, Martin so, yeah. Freeman, all right, okay, you, fair mate, enough. It's just sorry, yeah. let's be friends, but it's terrible. It's <laughs> yeah, absolutely okay, terrible. And he's in Black Panther as well, and he continues it, so you'll notice it more there. Um, the only the only character I didn't really like was um, Dr. Christine Palmer, who's kind of well, who played by Rachel McAdams, who's kind of the love interest. Um, I didn't really think their relationship was that well done because one minute they seemed to be very much colleagues, and she was saying, "I've got a rule about 
seeing um, colleagues, and then the next thing you know, they're having a couple's tiff, and it's a bit, I I kind of found that a little bit jarring, and and, and I didn't I didn't think they quite handled that right, where where they didn't you didn't really see the kind of progress. It just yeah. happened. I'm um, kind of glad she's there because I I I think she's fan I think that she's fantastic. But it's again. I, I just keep. I'm gonna to have to reference a, another top, another one that we've already done. But she's just mm. another Jane Foster character. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was about to I say. I hate the fact that I have to keep saying that and going back to it. But she really doesn't lend anything to the plot because no, not particularly. At the end of the day, the only thing in it she does that's important is save his life. Uh, sort of half an hour before the end of the film. But if but you're even... really honest, that did not need to be her. Yeah, and she doesn't really do it. And no, it and, could have been anybody. And there wasn't enough backstory on their previous relationship to warrant mm-hmm. us needing to see her do that. It just doesn't. She's just a bit of a, uh, just a wet flannel again, really. It just yeah, it's not yeah, it's I a agree. Character, in my opinion. Yeah, and her, I, I really found her reaction to when Doctor Strange first reveals his power to her to be a little pretty ridiculous, actually, because. She seemed to just completely accept it and shrug it off yeah. without any question. She kind of, like he kind of turns up as a half translucent thing, like because he's in the astral plane, and he just goes, "Oh yeah, I'm in the astral plane," and she kind of goes, "Oh okay." Yeah, I'd run away and screaming, like, and I'm a what? What I consider to be a man girl, yeah, football. Yeah, I, well, I exactly. Just, yeah, it's it's just not right, is it? Yeah, it's, no, it's, very it's odd. yeah. Yeah, I did find that. I suppose in part of that could be, and I'm just trying to help her out maybe a little because I can agree with you, is that they are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and things like that do exist there. People are a little bit more susceptible to believing that kind of stuff than we would be. So it's it's still a wrong, it's still a bit over the toply shrug off, but yeah, and they are aware of slightly more agreeable in that sort of time yeah yeah okay yeah the the other problem the only other problem that i have with this film i I said to you last week i didn't think you'd like it i'm glad you did because Mm. i said it was one of my favorites my issue is we've mentioned mads mickelson Mm -hmm. um he's phenomenal he's one of my favorite actors actually yeah me too um but he's not focused on him He, he doesn't have enough i don't think Mm -hmm. i'm fully aware that the main villain is supposed to be dormammu if you're going to tell me the main villain is Dormammu, yet I only see him for about four minutes of a two and a bit hour movie. Yeah, which is quite funny, actually. Which is, yeah, I... I, I felt like that shouldn't... sequence had a place, would have had a place in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. And also, yeah, that sequence, we might come back to it in a second, that sequence mm-hmm. is fantastic, I love it. Mm. But I just think that there's a bit too much of a two-villain problem in, in the film. I don't think there's enough villainness. Yeah, yeah, See that's Mads fair. Nicholson for about, I'd say, a total of 15 minutes in like three or so five-minute periods. And it's just not... I don't think it's enough to create the level of villainy that you need in this film. And then, obviously, Dormammu is only in a very, very small part of it. And it's... I don't know. I just feel like I could have done with seeing a little bit more of him, really. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Definitely. But, yeah, so that scene with Dormammu is, is fantastic. The, yeah. I, I assume that's probably one of your favorite vfx scenes as well oh well yeah of course yeah but it was my all my favorite vfx stuff was was like the chase with um 
well, oh, um, dimension, with Caecilius. With Caecilius is following yeah. in New York. Yeah. Oh, that stuff is just trippy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, where they're bending buildings and yeah, sliding and, pavements across and all sorts. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. It really, it really reminded me of um, some of the special effects that you see on Inception. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference with Inception that, is really yeah. So so the difference it so what so famously Christopher Nolan doesn't really use CGI. So um Inception doesn't actually have any CGI in it, believe it or not. Um so what I felt like the the VFX was with Doctor Strange was what we saw in Inception but with CGI, so even yeah, more epic. Life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, I just I thought that kind of stuff was wicked, you know, where where you're seeing like walls and ceilings kind of looping and out and it's just yeah. what is going on but yeah i just thought it was wicked yeah, yeah i think I overall really we cool. i think i mentioned this to you at some point uh, uh, much earlier on um but can't remember what episode in but um, i think we're at that point now where i'm hope i'm thinking that you will enjoy every film for what it is because as you get later on and i think you can probably already tell because your reaction to the last few has been better yeah. they just they they know what they're doing now as filmmakers and all of mm -hmm. the films now are just good yeah it's really hitting its stride now yeah you definitely you're yeah you're absolutely right so uh stanley i enjoyed this one again when they're in the when they're doing the chase in the mirror realm or that is what it's called in it the mirror, yeah, realm, mirror yeah. dimension yeah mirror dimension yeah uh St stanley turns up as a bus bus passenger who's uh he's reading a book on uh psychedelics yeah. <laughs> which which is uh pretty cool um, then we can move on to the credit scene where Doctor Strange is sat with Thor and he offers to help him find Odin who who we, we know from uh, Dark World has, has kind of gone missing because he was at the end but it turned out that it was just Loki who was kind of shape-shifting into the form of of, uh, yeah, of Odin so, so that's pretty cool so that's um, must obviously a teaser for Thor Ragnarok which is well, fast yeah, approaching so that... and I can't wait yeah that's you're going to love that because it's Taika so um, but yeah. the that it doesn't really spoil anything for you because you've seen it so that's a direct rip from thor ragnarok so it was actually right a, yeah rather than being a teaser and uh sort of all mysterious what's going to happen it's yeah. literally actually a direct scene ripped from thor ragnarok which is it's a it's a hilarious scene and you only see a very small part of it which is cool oh cool yeah we, we've seen it we have seen that before as well yeah. haven't we so it's not completely out of place, but that's pretty cool. And then um, Mordo, who uh, is played by Chitiwell Edge of Four. By the way, uh, I actually really liked that he had that change of heart because when it was um, revealed that the Ancient One was channeling her kind of... The, the show, so she's a very mystical character and, and one of part of her mysticism, mysticalness is that apparently immortal. And it turns out that she gets that power by drawing from the dark realm, from the, the darkness, the dark dimension, dark dimension yeah. yeah. So um, Mordo uh, is obviously pretty offended at this, so he has a bit of a change of heart. And then he has an end credit scene where he steals um, J uh, Pangborn's power, and Pangborn is the guy who was uh, paralysed before um, and then miraculously okay, and that's and, and sent yeah. Doctor Strange off to Nepal, so he tracks him down, and then he steals his powers. So, so uh, it's um, it's looking like he's going to be a future villain um, and a pretty um, formidable one as well. It's confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed that he is in the in the next one. Yeah, because yeah, that's not actually due out for a couple of years yet, is it? Or 
Yeah, it's, I maybe think next it's, year. Actually, I think it actually is 2022 yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, it might be. I can't remember off the top of my head, but the the time frame is really spread out, or it feels really spread out. I think it's just because we kind of got used to, like, we had two or three films in a year at one point. Yeah. Um, but right now, obviously, coronavirus uh, well, yeah, it's... Um, has pushed, pushed back Black Widow and stuff, mm. so we haven't had one in a while, so it feels a bit strange. But, yeah, I think yeah. it's a couple of years out. Cool. Doctor Strange 2. Cool. Cool. So, well, and uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of episode eight. Um, so, thank you for joining me once again, Sam. That was uh, that was fun. So, uh, thank you guys uh, once as as always. Thank you for all for listening. We we really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to know more, if you'd like to follow us, uh, we are on social media. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at What the Filmcast. Uh, and if you like us so much that you just have to open your wallet then you can support us on patreon uh, i'll leave a link to our patreon page in the show notes where you can pay a small fee every month to um be official patrons and you can join our discord server and you will also get early access to every single episode which is uh, very exciting and uh, so we would love to have you guys on board have you in the discord server so we can chat about everything we can chat about the episodes we can chat about mcu movies we can chat about anything you want so we're really eager to connect with you guys and hear what you have to say jamie and i both love to be disagreed very much so, so. Um, feel free to come on just to do yeah, that yeah. yeah that's great uh so thank uh so next week of episode nine we are going to be watching and talking about guardians of the galaxy 2 and spider-man homecoming mm-hmm. which is cool because i love you might have noticed my little giggle there. I'm so excited. I did. I, yeah, I heard a happy noise. So excited. Yeah. And Tom Holland's first solo movie. So that's great as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to both of these because I, I obviously loved Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the yeah. first one. And I really enjoyed Spider-Man's character in Civil War. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. Yeah, it's definitely um, the same. It's great. Yeah. I really, I can't wait for the next couple of episodes, man. Because after that, we're on Thor, Ragnarok and Black Panther. So. Yeah. Yeah, oh, arguably nice. the two most well-received films. So um, yeah. I do agree they're both absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm super hyped for it. So, uh, so yeah. So, yeah, so we will... So join us next week for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. Have a good week, guys. And uh, Sam, you have a good week as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you again. See you next week, guys. Bye.